2: What the hell are you guys talking about? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It is
3: Mackie and Judd with Rami on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. No Mackey today, so it's Judd with Rami, Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. In about a half hour from right now, Judd Zulgad, we should know the next class of Major League Baseball Hall of Famers, and I am ready to fight about that. I don't know if anybody is going to want to fight me, but I am ready for a fight. At we don't know yet. Yep. I have a feeling we're going to get into some kind of fight.
4: We don't know what's going to happen yet, regardless of what Why comes Why would out? you set up a fight before what, we whether, even know? We whether, could be singing Kumbaya by the time this all Whether done. the guys who we all know we're talking
3: about get in or don't get in, one of us, I think, is going to take exception with that, and the other one is going you know to what? fight
4: them on that. You know what? Baseball's got bigger problems right now. This is true. Baseball's got bigger And And you know what? If Bonds and Clemens go in today amidst the sign stealing scandal that the astros and red sox find themselves involved my suggestion to rob manfred's very simple find the closest podium and say ladies and gentlemen i just want to say one thing pete rose reinstated you want to get into a fight to start the show thank you very (laughs)
0: much and then walk off the podium you want to get into a fight
4: to start the show
3: is that
0: what just I, poking this
3: barrel already? I'm no, I'm it. saying let's that Rod Manfred, if if you're gonna have all this go wrong, you might as well
4: just reinstate you're a Pete, Pete Rose. Rose, guy. This is no, some, I'm not. This is something that in a year we have not discussed. I'm about not a, a Pete, Pete Rose guy. Radio. What I'm saying is, if all hell is gonna break loose, let's really break it loose. No, if Bonds goes in, Clemens goes in, the Astros cheated, the Red Sox cheated, you might as well just put Pete Rose just back. Just make in the, a total mockery exactly. of the thing. Just a complete and total it, mockery. Not, yeah, why not? The things become a Complete joke, anyway. Let's wait. Let's wait
0: until the end. And you,
4: and Rami's first words when I walked in were We really didn't talk about the show much. I wonder what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) That's something you needed to let people know. As if sports... (laughs) are doing today? I'm involved, too. As if there won't be enough in sports to to justify two hours of entertaining programming filled with people screaming and trying to jump across tables. Well, there are a couple things that we did
3: talk about ahead of time. We'll have the scoop with Doogie. Darren Doogie Wilson will be in the TCL Broadcast Studios at 5 o'clock with his latest scoops on the Minnesota sports scene. And we will have cram session at about 5.30. That's when uh, Jonathan has... Random questions and hands yeah. out arbitrary I points. I have not think about the answers yet based, today. I haven't even looked at I the just questions. Saw que-
4: question one has me. I'm trying to think on the fly You sent here. the questions? I don't think I saw the questions.
0: I just sent them a you little got them. bit
4: ago. You just got them. I did? Yep. I don't see them. Questions two They're and three. There. I'm looking in my inbox right now. I, your name's on them. All right. Maybe, I mean, he's uh, not leaving you out. Did I delete
3: it? Did I delete it by accident? Oh well, okay. you know what? If he did, the truth is revealed right if now. If he did, he ain't getting the new question. No, you are not. No, I don't have them. I just looked in my recently deleted. Hmm. They are not there. Let's see. I have hot routes.
0: Email. <laughs> Rami. Yep, I sent it to Rami. Maybe it
3: just hasn't dropped in the box yet. There it is. Just dropped in the box.
0: It literally
4: just dropped in my I, box. Not. It was just funny. It sounded funny. And yes, I'm giving you drops on purpose now, Jonathan. Well, Jonathan today on Purple Daily
0: took... You gave me me funny drops, so thank you for that. You
4: took something that I said, which was, I believe the word is innocuous, which was nothing, and you're going to use it against me, and I'm going to get in trouble.
3: Alright, now you I have, now I have the questions and no, I no, shall no. study between now and five thirty when studied.
1: uh dra- when crab session like comes, comes around. Studied.
3: But Judd, I wanted to I wanted to run something by you that I was just talking to uh, Alex Boone about on Purple Daily as I was filling in for Matthew Collar. At six o'clock, go back and listen to that at scorenorth.com and the ScoreNorth mobile app. Not now. Listen to this now. <laughs> You're plugging so many things. People are like, what? <laughs> that later. Okay. My my notion is that my sneaking suspicion is that mm-hmm. they're going to regret sticking with Mike Zimmer and not hiring Kevin Stefanski as their head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. And I, I've, I think I've been tippy-toeing around this, sort of dancing around this topic for, for a while since like mid-season when this offense was really clicking on all cylinders. And I, I kind of threw it out there that, hey, maybe even if this does end up being a good season where you win 10 or 11 games and make some kind of playoff run, Maybe you just start moving into a new era of Vikings football and decide Mike Zimmer has been a very good head coach right up until the end, but all good things must come to an end. And you have all things must pass as George Harrison. Exactly. A Uh young, bright, offensive mind who a lot of teams seem to be drooling over to be their head coach. The, The Browns weren't the only ones who showed some interest in Kevin Stefanski. He never got past the Browns because they locked him up right after the interview. Sure. And then I opened up this article from uh, Courtney Cronin, who you hear with Matthew Collar on uh, Purple Daily, frequently, right here on Score North, and she wrote it with, I'm trying to make sure I give everybody credit, she wrote it with Jake Trotter for ESPN.com. Okay. A profile on Kevin Stefanski and what Browns fans can probably expect from him as their next head coach. And after reading this thing, I was totally sold on Kevin Stefanski as a head coach, and totally sold that they would eventually regret not keeping him and moving on from Mike Zimmer. And I will flat out admit that I probably shouldn't be swayed by things like this. Like this article is, for lack of a better term, it's a sell piece. It's supposed to. It's it. This is. It's painting the best. Possible this possible is light. written Absolutely. to to paint Kevin Stefanski in a positive light and make Browns fans feel good about this next head coach that they're getting. Sure. So maybe I'm being duped. Maybe Courtney and Jake have duped me into believing in Kevin Stefanski. But I want to read a few things from the article that really hit home for me about what I'm looking for in a head coach mm-hmm. and get your thoughts, Judd. One was, um this was Gary Kubiak talking about Kevin Stefanski and He says, when you work with Kevin, you want to work hard for him. You want to help him be successful because he's such a good person. He's very honest, but he can be very thorough and very stern. He gets the most out of people. It's been proven with his players and how quickly he was able to do that with a lot of things going on offensively this year. I, and I said this to Alex Boone, I like a cerebral head coach, and I like a coach who can, yes, hold me accountable and explain to me what he expects from me and will prepare me best he can to get me ready to do those things that he expects of me, Mm -hmm. but doesn't have to scream at me when he's doing it, doesn't have to call me names, doesn't have to be a guy who punches a hole in a wall or headbutts a locker to get through to me. When it comes to coaching me or being my boss, leadership essentially is what I'm talking about here. I like somebody who's more cerebral, who can explain to me what they want, tell me how we're going to get there. That That's what
4: instills confidence to me for somebody who I expect to be a leader. Yeah, here's my question about Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is this. I think he's a very smart guy. I think he's a very thorough guy. I don't know if he can command a locker room, which is a which is a gift that some people have and some people don't. And the Kubiak quotes I dismiss. Kubiak worked with Ke- with Kevin, and I think he probably likes him, but I dismiss them because I still contend that Gary carried way more of this than we know, and Gary liked being behind the scenes. And so Gary, Gary insinuating that he worked for Kevin is sort of silly. Gary came in and installed. I can't get past the fact that Gary came here and basically tore everything up and said, okay, here's how we do things. And Kevin... Wisely said, Okay, that's great. I'll learn your ways. And so I've written the type of pieces that you're but, talking about. And so I'm with you in saying, and I'm sure it's a great piece. So that this is no offense to Jake or Courtney. I'm sure they did a fantastic job. But until you actually see it executed as a coach, it's hard to say. We wrote, we basically I did the same thing in two thousand six about Childress, when Childress had been Andy Reid's long, mm-hmm. long time OC non-play-calling right-hand man, and he got the job here, and he had been the hot guy. You know, same thing with Kevin. But that's part of what I like about Kevin Stefanski,
3: is that there is there is this element of selflessness to
4: him. But that I, he, he doesn't need to but what be... I'm, but what I'm saying is, I would not have taken the chance on replacing Mike with him based on that. So, like, that's strike one. For for me, that doesn't move me to say... And, and I'm not against what you're saying. If you If you decide... That Mike is not going to be the guy long term, and like there's a different path. There's a different path to go down. That's fine to me, but I've I've never been sold on the fact that Kevin was that guy. I know you're dismissing
3: Gary Kubiak's comments, but I want to read another one because I think it goes along sure. with what you're saying. And he's and talking about the way that that offensive staff was put together. This year, it wasn't just Kubiak. There were other guys. Dennison was on that there were a but that's lot of a Kubiak guy. Right, there were a lot of guys on that staff who I think and we did. A lot of people from the outside looking in could look at it and say, "Well, how much is Kevin Stefanski really doing? How much control or power does Kevin Stefanski really have?" That was the chatter out there and don't think that these guys don't hear it and Kubiak said, "The credit has to go to Kevin. Think about what he took on, the way he was able to put the group together and lead a group with that many faces and like I was saying before, Judd, that selflessness, that willingness to, to defer, A, decisions, but even more so the credit for what's going on, or just not care about who's getting the credit for what's going on, I think it's a good trait to have mm-hmm. in a head coach, that he doesn't have this ego of, I'm the guy, I'm the man, and I'll make all the decisions, and if there's any question about who's the man, well, let me clear that up for you,
4: because I'm the guy. That's a tough one because I agree that I don't like people that pretend to be the guy when they're clearly not. The difficult uh, balancing act that we get to here, though, is you do have to be able to command a room naturally. And that's the one thing I never saw from Kevin. And I don't know if he's that guy. And so, but yeah, I mean, Kubiak came in. Look, I think that these guys both did a really good job and and worked hand-in-hand well. Would I have started off with a Cleveland job if I I was Stefanski? Absolutely not. Would I have hired him if I'm the Vikings to replace Mike? Probably not. Do I think that there's jobs where he might be in better shape? Absolutely, yes. But I like Kevin. He's a good guy. I think he's a very cerebral guy. It's just that being a coach an actual head coach goes down such a slippery slope of so many different things that you can't know until you see them. And look, Mike does some really good things too. Mike also does some things that we question. But I never I was never on board with the fact that I thought that Kevin should replace Mike. Which doesn't mean I'm against your point. If it's Mike's time, it's just Mike's time. The other thing I like and it's it falls under that same umbrella of of selflessness
3: and being willing to defer, but we're talking about the credit, the power that that's talked about when it comes to NFL coaching staffs. I like when a guy is willing to delegate and defer to people on his staff. In, in other words, hire people yes. you trust and then trust them to do their jobs Agreed. and sort of get out of the way. And Kevin Stefanski... I read this quote to Boone during Purple Daily. He said, to use basketball terms so that my dad can understand this, I want to be the point guard for this organization. I want to bring the ball up, but then I want to share the basketball with someone else to go get an easy bucket. That's smart, yeah. I feel like that's something that not enough NFL head coaches do, just not enough leaders in general do, is being willing to hand off responsibility to, to somebody who works for them and get the hell out of the way. I feel like... Mike Z- I think that's that's a hole in Mike Zimmer's game to be quite honest with you when he keeps for as much as we talk about Mike Zimmer doesn't care about offense Mike Zimmer doesn't like quarterbacks Mike Zimmer wishes the whole game was defense blah 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 for as much as we say that and that's the narrative that sort of surrounds Mike Zimmer he is one to speak up and talk about what his offense is doing. If they're, if he's not pleased with what they're doing, how much they're running the football, sure. the style of offense that they're playing, not only will he go behind closed doors and say something to a guy, he'll get in front of microphones and talk about how the offense needs to be doing more of this or more of that. And it's usually more of running the football. Which is why
4: Gary, that's the, what Mike Zimmer wants. Which is why Gary was the perfect fit because Mike backed off that, that a bit because if he's got a veteran guy he trusts, he won't say as much with flip last year how many times did mike go up to the podium and talk about we got to run more we're not running more we're not running more so yeah mike's blind spot is if mike employs an oc who's young if mike if kevin had just had this job solely i guarantee you we would have heard more criticism at the at the podium than we did since it was gary system being run through kevin and that's not and that's not to say that kevin would have done a poor job But I think Mike very much likes having the veteran football savvy guy, much like him on the offensive side, who he can go in the guy's office at you know God knows what time, five forty five a.m. right, and hash out football things. But all of these guys, that's the difficult conversation about coaches too. All of these guys, it, it takes so much to be successful there, right? Like it takes so many different things, and then and then you get. If your name is not Bill Belichick, Rami, yeah, five years before the message starts to get stale and people start to get impatient. Bill Walsh said there
3: is a at most a ten-year shelf life on head coaches in the NFL. A tens a ton, mm-hmm.
4: tens a ton. I mean, there. I think it's fair to say that there have been times where, during the past couple of years, you wonder. Not can Mike Zimmer coach football because I think he's good at coaching football, but is the message that he's passing along? defensively, too, is it still resonating with this team? And I think that's a very fair question. I think that's a question he's asked. I, I think that's a question he's acknowledged having asked his own players. So, Bill Walsh, if, you, if it's 10 years, I think 10 years is now an eternity. Because in the NFL,
3: I mean, once these guys, when we're talking about head coaches, offensive coordinators who are candidates for head coaching jobs, we're talking about guys at that level of their profession, every one of these guys knows X's and O's. Every one of them can scheme up. Every one of them can script a game plan. I don't think that there is a lot necessarily separating these guys in terms of what they know about football and 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 calling plays and scheming up a defense or scheming up an offense. I don't think a lot separates the best NFL head coach from the worst NFL head coach in that respect. I think what makes a great head coach is once they've amassed this knowledge and this expertise in their field, It's leadership style. It's can you, like you said, can you control a locker room? Can you get 53 guys all pointed in the same direction, all with one goal in mind, and all doing everything they can to achieve that goal? That's what makes a great NFL
4: head coach. And plus, I think it's, and this is where Belichick's so good, and this has to be the most difficult one. It's getting people to be loyal and buy in, and then at the right moment, firing them. And I'm serious. Yeah. No, you're right. But, but think about it. Yeah. Think about think about the decisions that Spielman and Zimmer, Rami, are going to have to make in the coming months, right? Up until March. And think about the guys who have played well, who they probably, if they're smart, are are going to say, We really appreciate it. And now you're done here. You know, Linval Joseph, right? Still a good player. But there's probably a compelling case to go to him and say, It's been a good run here but your cap hit, we need it, and you you fell off just enough that our predictions say you're going to go off the cliff very soon here. Xavier Rhodes was probably kept too long. Rhodes showed enough problems and struggles, I thought, in his game in 2018 where you probably could have very much, if you were a heartless, ruthless organization, told him, Xavier, we've loved you, but it's done. And think about being able to do that and yet keep the loyalty of the guys that you don't cut even though even though they know they're next at some point in time. So I'm not saying that this is simple. I This is incredibly difficult. And to have the ability to control that room and, and to have the ability to look those people in the eye and get them to respect you and, and your acumen for the sport while they know that this is the one sport where the second that you decline, they're probably pretty smart if they cut you.
3: But you're not as sold on Kevin Stefanski. It doesn't sound like as I am as a head I just coach. don't
4: know on that one. I don't know. I, I and he might be good, but I think that there's a I think there's a big difference between to your point, he can definitely scheme. I think he's probably a very a very smart, creative, offensive guy, but can he go into that? locker room of that organization which has had how many failures now and change things and get uh, Baker to buy it, OBJ assuming he sticks around there can he get those guys to buy in I don't know so no I'm not and I would not have promoted him here if I'm going to start new from Mike I'm starting new from from the outside tomorrow is a home run edition of Write That Down right 5 o'clock here
3: on Mackey and Judd with Rami yep I have a Kevin Stefanski write-that-down prediction. I like it. For that's write that down tomorrow at 5 o'clock. It's actually a Browns prediction, you know really.
4: What? You know what? I like it because I think I know where you're going, and I'm going to counter it. Hold on a second. Oh, damn. I shouldn't have said anything. No, you shouldn't have. But I'm, no, I'm going to counter <laughs> it with a different one that's going to be a home run as well, if right. it's right.
0: Declan just popped in. What did you say?
4: So he's go- going to have a Stefanski uh, home mm-hmm. run prediction tomorrow, which I think I know what direction you're going. So I'm going to counter it with the complete opposite, which will be just as strong in the I other like way. This. So it's oh. a write-that-down competition on, on the home run predictions. And if you're new, new to back-in,
3: with Rami, first of all, what's wrong with you, and where have you been? Welcome to the fold. Also, write that down. Is every Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we make predictions and hold each other accountable for predictions that we've made in the past, like no other show of this kind is doing. No one else is doing that, and we do it every Wednesday
4: at 5 o'clock. Hold on, home run. Are you putting this in your notes? Predictions. I'm putting my my prediction, because I'll forget it if I don't do it right now. I'm putting it down right now.
3: I didn't think you took any notes on your computer. I thought, because all my notes are in my computer. All my notes are
4: digital. All my write-that-downs are. Oh, really? I take some notes... I thought you were strictly a pencil oh, no. and paper guy. No, no, no. I do both. Okay. But write that down. I I, uh, I keep them on my computer e- each week so I can go back and not repeat the exa- the same exact one like two weeks after. I started doing that, by the way, for a while. I was...
0: So you can track if Mackey's keeping records correctly? Oh, no. I don't keep track of my No, past just for my own sake. I, I am,
3: I'm, I'm keeping note of future predictions, though. Like in the past, and I do this with my comedy, too, and I really should just use... The note taking apps, the dozen note taking apps that I have down in my phone, I'll just be like, oh, I'll remember this for later. And no, inevitably, no, no, inevitably, won't. inevitably, I will. So won't. you don't keep your predictions? It happens all. No, I, like, I keep all my
0: predictions. Keep a record of them? Keep track and of them? And then I delete them I've when got, they come off the board. No, man. I keep all, all mine no. forever. Why would I do that? I delete mine once they come off the board, but okay. otherwise I keep them Hold the on, you they keep them all forever? Don't you want to know He's with, been what doing this you for predicted? Five years. That's a long time. Don't no. you? No. Want-
4: <laughs> but don't you for- oh wait 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 just just quickly aren't you concerned that you're going to predict the same thing in a, two months that you predicted two months back i've done and, that and y'all have forgotten? It? i've done that jonathan or okay. back will say you already predicted right. that then i'll come up with something yeah.
0: else on the spot fair enough i've done that this is why he didn't win the batting title yeah this is why i was well, rookie no, of the year all right it,
4: it was that slew of bears i predictions. was
0: a rookie too when i won the title i think i'm a, it, i'm rookie of the year
4: if you oh you'd never participated. Okay, first before, of all, guess. first of all, you rigged the system.
0: I didn't rig it. You, you guys rigged the system the, on us. You accepted you the You robodoped
4: us, so you're not rookie of the year. What? Rami gets that, but he didn't win the batting title because he had three stupid,
0: trash stupid bears. predictions. <laughs> you, you came pretty close. The <laughs>
4: buzzer. Rami had three bears predictions that were unbelievably stupid. Again, that was his fault.
3: I, the, I, I got caught up in the hype, man. They the words unbelievably stupid. Imply it was Rami's fault. They won four straight, and for like two or three weeks, all the chips were falling in place for them to get into the playoffs. I got carried away, I'll admit it, and made a stupid prediction. I
4: don't I don't mind yeah. coming on here and admitting no, that. No, you didn't make a stupid prediction. You made three stupid predictions. I made three predictions. stupid predictions. <laughs> like you
0: got so high and mighty on the Bears, on Bears football. And we were questioning what you were doing while you were doing it.
3: I just told and you, you just what I was doing. In. They had
0: won four straight.
3: Everybody ahead of them in the playoff race, well, specifically the Vikings and the Rams, had gone cold at that point and were doing everything they could to give the Bears a sliver of hope. And I took that sliver, man. Yeah, I took that sure. sliver. You, did.
4: you took that sliver for and sure. And I ate it
3: up. like a sliver. Like a If there's just a sliver of pie in a pie plate, I'm going to take it. And I'm going to eat it. And it's going to be good. Until it makes you sick later. That's exactly what happened with my Bears write-that-down
4: predictions. Just to be clear, you were making positive Mitch Trubisky predictions, okay?
5: Yeah, I mean, no none of them were
0: Mitch that. Trubisky specific, were they? One of them, you said they would sign him to an extension and not just ex- or not opting in for the fifth year. It was you; would, they were going to give him a brand new extension.
3: Well, that's not saying that I think they should. That's saying I think they will, and I still think that's a possibility. If based I remember
0: in- correctly, at the time when you did predict it, we wondered what the heck you were doing, and you said, "I'm in."
4: I don't remember that. I do
3: not. Anyway, remember. To the anyway audio I several
0: that. times.
4: You it's not, not that big a deal. It's it's just that. You are correct. Tomorrow is a home run prediction segment. By the way, where's Speaking- the bat? Yeah, where is that bat? Oh, I'll bring it in tomorrow morning.
0: You sure? Just
4: can you text me tonight?
0: Because there's a prediction on this.
4: Can you text can you text me tonight
3: to bring it in? Yes. Okay. Don't. Because then he'll be wrong. Didn't somebody predict that?
0: Manny predicted that he wouldn't bring it in by the time. Oh, that
3: he wouldn't bring it in. Yeah. All right, then remind him. so that I'll Just remind Manny's me to bring it wrong. in. So Manny's batting average I'm goes old. down. Yes. I'm getting old. old. I forget stuff, okay? <laughs> now, this is the equivalent. What we just did right there is the equivalent of the Astros <laughs> yes. banging on trash cans. It
0: we really just is. We just orchestrated
3: a r- just shameless no, cheating scandal. You know who
0: the guy who was who was banging on trash cans last year? Hmm. It was Mackie, who scheduled purposely scheduled trips to Allianz Field so just... Would be That's true. That and so that would ever write that down. So Mackey's the Astros from last year. And you know, we never went through that, but that was Bush League.
4: Like you're devious, Like, like, I mean, like you I'm got here for it. Jonathan got us on the bowl prediction thing, which was BS, but we felt for it. So I sort of was, counted on you guys
0: Mackey, not being able to do math in quick time. Ma-
4: Mackie went behind the scenes and abused his powers <laughs> in his job to set me up. It's genius. I felt like Ron Burgundy in
3: that moment. I was like, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Like it was so it was so devious. Yes. Such a well thought out plan that I couldn't be mad at him, man. I had to just I had to just appreciate what the dude just pulled off. When you have that kind of pull that you can schedule remote appearances somewhere. Not, and it, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs>
4: Let's move on to something else, <laughs> real quick before the break. So Stefanski, <laughs> you you would have fired Mike and hired Kevin? Yeah, I would. I just, I'm not and trying that, to say that Kevin didn't deserve a chance. I am. I am saying flat out, if I was the Vikings, if piece, I'm going to fire Mike, I'm going with a new staff. That piece by Courtney and Jake put me over the
3: top, and I know I know I shouldn't be don't, swayed don't by don't stuff fall like this, man. But you know what? You know what? What this what reminds do you think me of? Do a
4: hit job on Stefanski. You know what this reminds me of? Kevin Stefanski's the... What's that?
3: When I saw Patrick Mahomes at John Gruden's QB camp, and I hardly knew anything about Patrick Mahomes at that point, I watched a 10-minute QB camp, and I was like, that's the dude right there, man. That's the next great quarterback in the league. But you
4: heard from him directly. Yes. I feel like reading a profile piece is different than hearing from the person. They had quotes in there. Yeah, from Gary Kubiak, who propped Kevin Stefanski. I shouldn't say that. Hey, have you come around
3: on what we talked about on Purple Daily today? Of not caring about the Pro Bowl no. as much as you care about the Pro Bowl. No,
4: I want it gone. And the fact that Xavier okay. Rhodes made it isn't is affront to all of sports.
3: I want to do this during the break. Six five one six four six eight two five five. A, do you watch the Pro Bowl and why? And I'm not here to mock you or ridicule you. B, I'll take care of that. If you don't watch the Pro Bowl, do you care that other people do watch it and care about it? Because I'm, I'm of the thought that I don't care. I don't watch it. But I came to the conclusion today that I shouldn't care so much about what goes on at the Pro Bowl and who makes it Upon the news of Xavier Rhodes making it. This is an epiphany I had today. That I'm just being a sourpuss, I'm being a troll.
4: But you're right to do those things. By even
3: caring I'm telling you right who now, makes
4: the Pro Bowl. I'm telling you right now, for a guy to be a, a, have had as horrible a season as Xavier Rhodes did to make the Pro Bowl is just more vindication for my tour of abolishing this game, blowing it up to smithereens. So do
3: you watch it and why? 651 646 And if you don't, do you care at all about it? Do you bother? Do you waste any brain energy on the Pro Bowl? Who makes it? Whether or not it should be played? Do you care at all if you're like me and you don't watch? 651-646-8255. Get in on Mackie and Judd with Rami.
4: Thank you, sir. First, I want to talk to, uh, to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Group and their Guaranteed Sales Program. You know, as sports fans, what do we all love? Folks, I've been talking about this for a week now. We all love guarantees, right? We love the fact that somebody will guarantee um the Chiefs the Chiefs-49ers game. I guarantee you the Chiefs are going to win. We say, wow, that's a great guarantee. 51 years ago, Joe Namath guaranteed that the Jets would win. We still talk about that guarantee today. It's incredible. A guarantee made 51 years back. Now, what if I told you about a guarantee that could hit much closer to home? A guarantee that is really a guarantee. If you are looking to sell your home, Jason and his team will guarantee the sale of your home when you list with the Walgrave real estate group. That's right. I said Guarantee. You know, some folks have a guaranteed offer. Hmm, that sounds good. But how about a guaranteed sale? Well, that's better. All you need to do is go to minnesotahometalk.com and click on the Guaranteed Sale button to learn how this works. If you're going to move this spring, now is the time to act. We all know that there's stress in trying to move and trying to get things together. So let Jason take away some of that pressure by going with his Guaranteed Sale program. Again, go to minnesotahometalk.com, click on the Guaranteed Sale button to learn more. That's minnesotahometalk.com. Click on that Guaranteed
0: Sale button. You'll be glad you did. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Darren Doogie Wolfson was on Score North Live earlier and had former Wolves interim head coach Sam Mitchell on, who talked about Andrew Wiggins saying, I can't put
1: my finger on it, uh, Doogie guy. I just can't. But the talent's there, man. I, I, for whatever reason, it's it just having. You know, and at some point, you got to say, you know, Bill Parcells used to say, you are what you are now. And and and, and for all of us who love Andrew and, and, and want the best for him, at some point, he's got to look in the mirror and realize the numbers that he's putting up and the way and manner in which he's doing it, that's going to divine who he is.
0: That was on Score North Live earlier with Darren Doogie Wolfson, normally with Rami Makhlouf, but because he was filling in for Purple Daily, Darren Doogie Wolfson, who was in at 5 o'clock, filled in for him. You can find Score North Live anywhere you find your podcasts and on the free Score North mobile app. That's when your Score North download. Now back to Mackey and Rami.
3: Thank you, Jonathan. On 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North app, we uh, should be finding out momentarily, right, who the next class of... 27 minutes and 17 seconds. Oh, I thought it was at 4.30 we would find out. Is that 5 now? Yes. Okay, so we'll find out at 5 o'clock who's getting in the Hall of Fame. We'll also be joined by Darren Doogie Wolfson for The Scoop here on Mac and Judd with Rami Right around that time, uh, before the break, I asked two questions. One, do you watch the Pro Bowl and why? And two, if you don't watch the Pro Bowl, do you care at all about it? Because Judd doesn't care about the Pro Bowl, yet is angry that it's... I hate it. He's upset that it's even played. I'm on a campaign to abolish it. And bothers getting himself upset and getting his his feathers ruffled when guys like Xavier Rhodes make it. Correct. And this morning, I was like Judd. As recently as this morning, Mm. I was in the same boat with Judd and then realized very quickly, and I explained it on Purple Daily as Twitter trolls who come after me or come after Judd or who come after anybody who does what we do for a living and feel the need to tell us, how bad we are at our job, and why we shouldn't have it. And my response to them always is, if I bother responding, why do you care? Just change the station. Just hit the X on the podcast that you're listening to. I wish them a good day. Why did you go out of your way to, A, continue listening to me to find out how bad I was at this, and then reach out to me to inform me of that? If enough people agree with you, they will turn off their radios, they will turn off their podcasts, and
4: eventually I won't be here. That's how you win and I lose. See, I, I wish them a good day, a happy I, I new do, year. I do that sometimes, too. Because i
3: But my thought, a person. The question I always have is, why do you care? And then this morning, yep. I found myself asking myself that very same question as I was getting myself upset that Xavier Rhodes has made the Pro Bowl, or questioning why Xavier Rhodes made the Pro Bowl. And then this voice jumped into this, inner monologue that I was having going, why do you care? Why do you care? You're not going to watch the Pro Bowl. You wouldn't watch it if Xavier Rhodes wasn't there,
4: and you're not going to watch it now that he is there. But I told you on Purple Daily why. Because it's an affront to sport. Why? It's an affront affront to sport that somebody who had such a bad year was picked as an All-Star. Yeah, I just don't care. You see? I just
3: don't care. You should care. (laughs) So do you watch, and why? Because neither of us watch, and we can't wrap our head around why you would. But if you do, I got no problem with it. And if you don't, do you care? 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKORNorth. Let's go to uh, Matthew. You're on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, Matthew? Hey,
5: guys. What's up? Uh, I I do watch the Pro Bowl, and uh, I will tell you exactly why. It's uh, the last two weeks of football that we get, but... I may not watch it this year now that uh, we have the far superior product in the XFL coming.
4: Mm. I'm with you on that, because I will watch the XFL.
5: Yep. And, uh, I mean, it, It's uh, the Pro Bowl in itself is a joke, though, and two-thirds of it is a popularity contest.
4: Tell me this, though. Do, do you not think that it's an all-star game worth abolishing when Xavier Rhodes, in any context, is named to it? <laughs> abolishing. Oh, I, I said <laughs> It's no, worth no, abolishing. It's a,
5: joke. it's a joke when both Rhodes and Trubisky are in the Pro Bowl in back to back years.
3: I can't disagree with you. Thanks for the call. For a second, I thought he was saying Trubisky got in this year. I was like, did I
4: miss something? Don't. He, there's still time. <laughs> If Kirk Cousins pulls out, Mitch Trubisky might need to go. Now, now if Mitch Trubisky makes it, I'm going to take issue with that. Even though I'm sitting
3: here today and saying you uh-huh. shouldn't really take issue with anything Pro Bowl related, if Trubisky makes it, I'm probably going to take issue with
4: that. If Kirk Cousins gets the uh, sniffles in the next five days or so and says, I can't make it, and Mitch Trubisky goes, then then we can talk again.
3: And if you didn't hear earlier, the five uh, Vikings who were added, I know this isn't breaking news, Cousins was added, Griffin T.J. uh Kendricks, who was the top-ranked linebacker in all of football, according to PFF, yet somehow wasn't a Pro Bowler before today, and Xavier Rhodes, who is the 125th-ranked quarterback yeah, in yeah. the NFL, yes, and somehow he's going to the Pro Bowl. But again, who cares? I don't care.
4: I no- do. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. I, I care about this one.
3: Would you care if a guy who didn't deserve to be in... The home run derby made it into the home run derby. If, if you so, made it to the All Star Game, I wouldn't. if some slap if, if you made hitting, it to the All Star Game, I,
4: in fact, I'll tell you what. My fix for the baseball All Star Game: every team should not be represented. That's one of the stupidest things. I don't care about the skill, totally the agree. skill, the skills competition that surround the, these events, which I believe Jonathan enjoys. I, I love the skills competition. I don't care about love one. Them. I care about the sanctity of the actual games themselves, and as the gatekeeper of such in baseball. Why? You know, why on earth? And I love the guy. I partnered with with him on the mid-morning show for like a month. Ron Coomer, right? Great guy. He went to the 1999 All-Star Game. And it's like, really? That's what you have to do? If there's no twin worth going, and as as of recent years, there is one, right? But I care about the actual picking of the teams and how it's done.
3: I took issue with that. When some when the All-Star game actually mattered. When they were putting home field advantage in the World Series on it. Yeah. I thought, why why wouldn't you just... If, if you're going to make it that important, because that's a huge deal. I'm disagreeing you. You should be assembling the best 25-man roster, now 26-man roster moving forward. But now that it doesn't mean anything,
4: I feel the same way about that that I do about the Pro Bowl. You know what this is? I don't care. This is very much. Co- I don't care. This is very much a saga and a conversation between sports dad and sports stepdad. Sports step. <laughs> Absolutely is. Sports stepdad just sort of drunk coming over. <laughs> live and let live. Bob Saget, which is rare in this occasion because
0: usually it's sports dad who's who tends to be
4: drunk. Yeah, but no, but sports dad has standards. He's just yeah. drunk sometimes. <laughs> I'm very new agey. Exactly. <laughs>
0: You got your, you got the. So it may not be he's drunk, and maybe he's something else.
4: Well, you know, he's got the golf clubs in the trunk. He's got the plaid pants on. The golf shoes.
0: Can I go with sports
4: stepdad? I'm like, no, I'm your father. I'm your real father. We're Dad, getting rid of the Pro Bowl. Dad seems real angry about this Pro Bowl. Exactly. Thing. Can I go over to mom and stepdad's house exactly. and I say, no, it's my time. I've got custody. It's my time. We're getting you rid of the. You sit here and listen. It's my weekend. We're getting rid of the Pro Bowl. You sit here and listen to why Xavier Rhodes shit be there young man but this does pretty much exemplify the disagreements or the 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 um different opinions of sports dad and sports stepdad. this
3: would be like me or anybody getting upset about like who was selected for the belk bowl like ultimately these games don't matter these games don't matter at all they, they have no me. they have no bearing on the real sports world you shut up they have no <laughs> bearing on the real Why sports world
4: whatsoever <laughs> You just went down a path and allowed Jonathan to call us stupid again.
3: (laughs) Matthew tweets in. I think it's Matthew who just called in. Sorry I didn't let you finish your thought. He says, I missed it on my call just now, but they could get rid of the Pro Bowl and just have the skills competition. I am one million percent on board with that. I actually wouldn't mind that. A gazillion percent on board with that. And you know what? I'd carve
4: out three hours of my Sunday to watch that. I don't like the skills competitions or Actually, more accurately, I, I don't care about them, but I'd be fine with that idea.
3: The skills competition that gets a lot of attention that you'll see on NFL Network sometimes, and Collar has talked about the fact that he'll sit down and watch these when they re-air them, is the quarterback like yeah, accuracy amazing. challenge. It's great, but the one that I loved, and maybe it's because grew up a fat kid playing offensive and defensive line, is the obstacle course that they put linemen through. Yes, that, that was bring that back. Um, that was um, it was so good. It was so amazing. Here, here's a stupid question. It was like an American Gladiators final run. Yes. that's what that's what the
4: lineman obstacle question. course was. Does football still have some type of skills competition surrounding the Pro Bowl or no? Yeah,
0: yeah they've started bringing it back and they they've have, started okay. updating it. They've got some of the skills guys playing dodgeball at the end. I think okay. Adam Thielen was the MVP of it a couple of years ago. Watch him get
3: hurt. Yeah, just I was just gonna say, just no beach football. Remember yeah. Robert Edwards from the Dolphins, who got his knee I, shredded playing don't they have beach a celebrity football.
0: Celebrity beach football thing. That's every fine. Year? I don't
4: care if celebrities they, get hurt. They thought that they were going to have to amputate his leg at one point. <laughs> what? I owned him in a keeper league. That's right. In his rookie yeah. season in fantasy football. Robert Edwards. This is pre-Belichick. This is was this Parcells Patriots? Does uh, that sound right? Yeah, I think so. And I want to say he was a running back from Georgia, and I took him in a keeper. I'll be quick here because. People don't care. But I took him in a keeper league, and he had a great rookie season. And then, to Rami's point, went to the Pro Bowl and played in a beach football game, right? Yep. Or volleyball game, (laughs) and shredded his knee. And they thought they were going to have to amputate at one point. And I believe he never played again.
3: How did nobody think that that was a recipe for injury? Has anybody here ever tried to run in sand? Yes, it's hard. It's ridiculous, especially, like, stopping and cutting. It's like, don't even try it. It's impossible. You will shred your knee. That's going to happen. Even if you're, Should there be signs even, up? Even if you're an NFL, like running in a straight line is hard in sand. Stopping and cutting and like trying to make acrobatic catches. Of course that was going to happen. Who didn't think that was going to happen? Should there be signs up? Don't run in the sand. You will shred your <laughs> knee. Yes, I think so. John Manhattan, you're on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, John? John.
5: What's up, fellas? What's you... up, Phil Mackie? He's not here. He's not here today. He's not here today. I know.
4: I was... You're funny, John.
5: Thanks, Chad. Glad we're friends again. Um, yeah. so Wait, did you guys have I, beef? Was yeah. there beef here? Yes. Yeah, it was a full weekend of beef. <laughs> okay, all right. We're fine now. <laughs> do
4: I want to ask questions yeah. or just keep it John moving? ripped me on Friday. I dissed him to another caller. He got jealous. It got ugly. Now wow. it's okay. Wow, I had no idea any of this was even going on.
5: We're cool again. I'm back to vice president of the coffee club. Good, so. good. Yep. I was worried we're about we're your
3: cool. standing in the community.
5: Thanks, thanks. <laughs> what do you got, John? Um, I don't watch the Pro Bowl. Uh, I did when I was younger when they were still tackling guys. And, you know, not not every year, not religiously, but it was still kind of fun uh, to see, you know, all the different helmets uh, yes. on the same field. Uh, I don't care now. And I, I actually have a, a take. I know you don't like the baseball one, but I, I kind of like the fact that every kid gets to have a guy from their team. Like if we talk about the sports dying, at least like every team – keep kids engaged and it's the only all-star game where there's a semblance of offensive and defensive prowess because Mm -hmm. the pitchers still have a say in whether or not they actually make good pitches instead of guys just like going up and down the court going up and down the rink scoring at will so i do like the baseball all-star game i don't make a you know i don't go out of my way to watch it every year but i at least appreciate it for what it is and what i say about the skills challenge what they do in the NBA where they have everybody do the same skills challenge. So like Carl Anthony Towns won it what last year, two years ago? They should do that with football. That so you have like the O lineman trying to do the accuracy challenge and then you have, you know, maybe everybody doing the obstacle course. And maybe that might get more people watching.
3: That might be fun. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. Talk tomorrow, John. He'll, he'll call tomorrow. You said that with like a tone.
4: There, are you sure everything? Oh cool no, no, no. We're fine. He'll call VentLine t- right. tomorrow. He calls each okay. and every day, and I appreciate that greatly. Just making sure you. guys Oh no, are no. Cool. John's the vice president of the VentLine Coffee Club. We are fine now. Um So here's the thing about All Star Games that I will fully disclose. Personally, as a kid, I loved them all, and kids might still. So, I don't know, and and the baseball game. To me, I do like because it still comes, to Rami's point from before, as close as you possibly can come to the sport itself. The But football, basketball, and hockey, I loved those All-Star games as a kid. Now I think they're a complete waste. And hockey's gone to three-on-three, so I don't care. Basketball, there's no pride at all. They just don't care, right? And football, I really think because you can't play football is a waste of time. To John's
3: point because now it is just an exhibition and it is just a it's, it's a it's a it's a TV event is what the All-Star game is for Major League Baseball. Sure. And home field advantage in the World Series doesn't matter anymore. I actually not only do I not care that they pick a player from every team, I think it's kind of a good thing. Like if it, if this is just if this is just for baseball fans, if it doesn't matter, there's nothing riding on it, why not give a fan in every baseball market something to watch for and something to root for?
4: Can we make a rule about what, where your team has to be above 500 to qualify, though? I feel like if you're 20 games below, I don't want you there.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with that. Because he had, what, Baltimore Oriole made it last year? And yeah, I don't they like were well can back. Can it
4: be some ridiculous amount of you, you at least have to, to qualify to have a representative at that game? You, you have to be at least no more than 20 games. I mean, 20 games is awful, right? Oh, for is, sure. Is 20 games fair? At
0: the All-Star break? If you're 20 games back? Yeah. Yes.
4: You might need that more than
3: anybody. You might need that more than any other fan base. The Orioles might have needed that
4: more than anybody else last
3: season. Do you think season. at that
0: point in the season, any Orioles no. fan was tuning into the All-Star game like, yeah, and let's not, see, random pitcher guy. And I'm
4: not worried about him.
0: No.
4: Who weren't. was the Oriole last year? Oh, who see. was the poor sap from the Orioles who had to go? Uh, I have no idea. I was going to say, if you know, I'm going to be very impressed, because I I have no clue. I have no idea.
3: Andrew tweets in, says, heck no, I don't make it a point to watch. I have watched, but not sure ever start to finish. It's fun to see a Viking do well. Rudolph with a few TDs at MVP. Did that happen? Was that something that happened? Yeah, a few years back. But smart enough to know the competition was lacking. Hashtag
4: Pro Bowl sucks. Yeah, that's correct. I, I agree with that, and that's why it's my movement to get rid of it. Let's get one more call on this. Jonathan's trying to find the Oriole who, who represented Leroy, this. you're on Mackey
3: and Judd with Robbie. What's up, Leroy?
2: Hey, good evening, guys. Thanks for taking my call for sure. the show.
3: Thank you. Anytime. Um,
2: so I am a, I've am watched football since I was 8. I'm 37 now, and I used to watch Pro Bowl. Definitely don't watch anymore. Uh, there's no incentive. So I think this is what they should do with it. I think they should. You know how in the NBA, if you make All-NBA, like um, – you get basically eligible for the max uh, on your on your max offer of your, your contract. So Carl Anthony Towns barely missed it mm-hmm. I think two years ago or something like that. Right. So I think they should turn the Pro Bowl into something like that where it's incentive based. So like, you know, maybe the maybe like the ten best performers of the Pro Bowl, you could use like pro you know, analytics, pro football focused stats or whatever to like verify that. But like the top ten guys should be eligible um, in some way, to make an incentive on their contract. And I think that, in, you know, if the incentive were big enough, not only would the game be better, but it would just be like, you know, it have actual real implication for the season and for football in general in that franchises would not, you know, have to, or, you know, their players would be eligible for more money. I think that would be interesting, personally.
3: Interesting. So incentivize the game.
2: Essentially, yeah. I mean, there's no incentive to watch it now. Either that or just get rid of it. I mean well <laughs> I like that. Flag. You might as well play flag football at this point, you know. Yes. I'd actually I'd actually rather watch, you know, guys like Odell Beckham Junior versus um you know, Josh Norman or like a elite corner uh playing flag football because you could see just their actual uh individual physical skill set rather than like training it, camp drills. You know? Yeah, yeah. Rather than like scheme and you know defense, you see one on one, Mm -hmm. you know, matchups of these guys and displaying their skill set. I would love to watch OBJ take on Josh Norman at the end of the season in like ten straight routes. You know, just like a, a quarterback OBJ and Norman going at it. That would be actually fun to watch.
4: Appreciate the call, Leroy. Thanks a lot, man. Just one on ones. It'd be intriguing. I wouldn't. Here's my problem with any form of football like that. I don't want to tempt fate and get somebody hurt because the sport itself is, I mean, because if you're, twi- if you're, if that would be fun a- as a fan, I get his point and I like it a- as a fan because it would be intriguing. But what if, you know, OBJ twists his knee or something and then he's hurt and then you get him hurt and then he tears his ACL. I'm just throwing it out there that that's the one thing with this sport is I feel like you either need to play it at full speed Or not play it. Which, again, you know, baseball. Baseball, full speed is great and fine, but if you don't play baseball at complete full speed, you don't feel like a person is going to get hurt, right? Yes. You know, NBA. Unless Pete Rose runs you over and knocks your block off at the plate. (laughs) Ray Fosse should have got out of the way. That was a great home plate collision. That was a great home plate collision, and that agree was with the, you. that was the all star game persona for all the
3: ire that I have for Pete Rose. I actually kind of agree with you on that one. Well, didn't you like
4: Rose as a player? He
3: was my absolute favorite
4: player. Of okay, all time. yeah, because that, that's a to me that's a very different discussion about what took place after the fact and Pete's playing career. Sure. I agree. You know,
3: I can cause separate Pete's those two. Pete's playing career was fun to watch. Well, I mean, I'm not letting him in the Hall of Fame, but I can separate
4: those two. I can still look back and appreciate who he I'm was as a player. I'm just curious what we find out in nine nine minutes and six seconds, and five seconds, and four seconds. Are they going to unveil this one in. by one, or are they going to how they us? do it? I so, don't know. Uh, yeah.
0: So the Orioles representative last year was John Means.
4: Okay, we didn't need him. I don't. Pitcher? I don't know.
0: Pitcher you, for the Orioles. Finished second in the rookie of the year voting.
3: Okay, I, yeah. I kind of consider myself a baseball guy. Exactly. So
4: uh, did you really need him there? I,
3: I don't, yeah, you I didn't don't, need him. I and don't know think John Means your, is, but I'm not an pick. Orioles
0: fan.
4: Okay, do you exactly. think the city of Baltimore cared?
0: Do you think Orioles fans cared that John Means made? Jonathan, you and I are solving a lot of problems today. We
3: are. I had an idea. I just had an idea while that last caller was on. Talking about incentivizing fans to watch. Okay. I don't know about you guys. Not many things incentivize me as much as food. And I just saw a story today, and apparently, this is the second year in a row that they're doing it. Uh-huh. I didn't even know that they did it last year. Buffalo Wild Wings, if the Super Bowl goes into overtime, because they have, you know, a lot of their ad campaign revolves around overtime. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't need to they got the, the, the switch, right? Right, exactly. Okay. If the game goes to overtime, and I don't know the exact parameters or when you can go and get it or how much you can get, free wings for everybody. Okay. Did you guys know about this? Free wings for everybody if the not. Super Bowl goes to overtime. Did not I did. know that now. I know. What if. Somebody like Buffalo Wild Wings, or I know Taco Bell does the steal a base, steal a taco thing yep. every year in the World Series. What if they just said, if a guy, if the guy from your team, let's take the baseball game for the baseball all star game, for example, if your guy brings home all star MVP free tacos or free wings or free whatever, depending on what the restaurant is, does that incentivize people to watch? Like if I told you, Jonathan, if a Viking wins if a Viking wins Pro Bowl MVP on Sunday, you have 2 hours to get to your local fill in the blank your favorite fast food restaurant and get free fill in the blank your
0: favorite dish from said restaurant. Are you watching the game and rooting for your guy to get MVP? I might just turn on the ESPN alerts and wait for the scoring to happen. I'm not
4: going to watch a second.
0: <laughs> I won't watch it. No, not even not for free wings. Watch. I'll well, wait for the well, wait, I'll wait, wait for the game to end, and then can't I'll just get, tune in for the MVP vote. But I can get the free wings. That's if, why I put if a if clock on it. That's
3: why I put a clock on it. You need to go right out and get your wings. Oh no, no, not for free wings.
0: I mean, I'd go out and get the wings, but I'm not going to watch the game.
3: That's
4: true. You can't just find out on Twitter yeah. or on your
3: ESPN. I'll pay for
4: the wings. I'll pay. I don't care. There's a hole in my plan. Yeah. There's nothing that's going. No, no. We're trying to get rid of this game. Okay. <laughs> no.
0: I not don't. unless the NFL is paying me to watch it. Am I going to watch it?
4: I don't care. How much would they have to pay you to watch?
0: I'm cheap, not a lot.
4: I'm starting with a hundred dollars. <laughs>
0: I'm starting at a hundred. A hundred dollars and you'll watch. Yeah. You know what? A hundred dollars a quarter. Yeah. A hundred a quarter? I, I, give me four hundred bucks and I'll watch the NFL has that kind of money? I'm with Jonathan. For everybody in America. I, yep. I think the Pro Bowl. We had a caller say get ratings. It
4: gets ratings. That, that's what's scary.
3: We had a caller say he's not going to bother watching the Pro Bowl this year because he has the XFL to fill mm-hmm. the football hole in his in his in his in his sports year. I'm with him on this. Yep. the Pro Bowl will be better football than the XFL. Mark my words. I, I can't make that a write actually, that down it prediction. It won't because there's no way to quantify that.
4: But they don't play football. That's the problem. The XFL will try and play football, and they will tackle, and people will. But get you know hurt. what? They will have is quarterbacks.
0: Did you guys know that there's a NFL draft pick who is playing in the XFL this year? I don't remember his name, but he used to play at West Virginia, and he entered the transfer portal, and then just decided, "Eh, I'm actually going to sit out this year of college football, play in the XFL," and he just got accepted in the NFL draft for this year.
3: Now, that I can get down with. I've said before, if there's going to be interesting an alternative football league, yeah. it should be a feeder system type football league, and let's put the NCAA
4: out of business.
0: And the X- the XFL's final game takes place, I think, two weeks before the NFL draft.
4: So he's going to play in the XFL mm-hmm. and then go into the draft in April.
0: And apparently he's not going to have to wait that long to get drafted. Okay, that's interesting. B- that's, I love that. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. And if more guys
3: did that, I might watch. I might. If but it, it works still, out for this kid, then yeah. It's still just not enough good quarterbacks in the world for the XFL to be entertaining. That that will be the point I keep coming back to of any of these Yeah, but I'll still watch it. Any of these auxiliary leagues that try to play in the NFL offseason. It's just not enough good quarter
0: I'm more interested in the weird rules that they're
4: so am I. doing. Yeah, I'm curious to
3: see Plus, which, I like which the leagues.
4: NFL will adopt. I, I like startup. You leagues watch and the how association for two weeks before you. I know, you threw but in then the I towel. stop. But but my point is, I like to see how goofy it gets. And yeah. to Jonathan's point, the rules and what might go wrong, and the circus atmosphere.
0: I like that stuff. And since it's Vin, since it's Vince McMahon, something will go wrong, and it'll be hilarious.
3: Just like it did first time around. Yeah. I, I'm. I am curious to see which of the rules the NFL will adopt from the XFL once it inevitably goes belly up.
0: I don't know that it's going to take that. I don't know that it's going to happen quickly because Less Vince McMahon is going to pump. What a XFL? Ton
4: of money in this. What XFL technology and rules from its first time around were adopted in the National Football League? The SkyCam. The SkyCam was for sure. Yes, but were there rules adopted as well? What do you mean? For the XFL, the, the XFL first time the around? first time because well, they didn't do the
0: kickoff thing.
4: Their kickoff was the foot race, right <laughs> to center field. Which to was the center awesome. of the field. I'm not
0: going to lie; It's
4: stupid, but awesome.
0: Fantastic.
4: Are we b- bringing back the nicknames on the jerseys? No, I don't think no, they're I doing haven't. that. I haven't heard anything about I it. The Rod Smart, they're... he hate me. That was a, that actually was a really good idea. I thought it was a good gimmick. It was a great gimmick. NFL I still remember it to this day. Right. We still remember he hate oh, Me. all the NFL. Can you imagine
3: that? Ted them doing
0: Johnson shouldn't have had to change his name to get Ocho Cinco. By the way.
3: This Chad Johnson today, since we're talking about yeah. it, no-show no for his kicker tryout for the XFL. Well, he didn't show up. Just no-showed, no and hasn't explained why. That's too bad. The only thing the XFL had going for it, it just course, fell. By the way, says then. you, <laughs> says you, Jonathan and I are all in for Week One. We so got Mackie. We got to get to a break. On the other side of the break, we should know at least some of the next Hall of Fame class in Major League Baseball. And Darren Doogie Wilson will join us with the scoop. You're listening to Mackie and Judd with Robbie on 1500 ScoreNorth.com and the ScoreNorth mobile app.
2: Is that what you want be? God no, no booger. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Um, but it was really interesting and really kind of fun um, as a fan and then fun as a friend to see a friend obviously finally get that big, big contract that he that he wanted. And then as a fan to sort of see how it works in the ins and outs of you know co- contracts and speaking of uh, other teams and where they were and stuff. I don't want to break his trust, but but um, the twins were were uh, uh, far ahead um, uh, ahead of any any other team for sure.
3: That was Marty Fish on Score North Live today. And if you are not familiar with Marty Fish, we'll tell you exactly who he is and the role he played in getting Josh Donaldson to the Minnesota Twins in the scoop with Darren Doogie Wolfson, who's in the TCL Broadcast Studios, along with me, Rami Maclof, and Judd Zolgad here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. But real quick, before we get to that, and Doogie, feel free to jump in on this. Uh, there's been an active scene outside of Antonio Brown's home with a police presence for the last couple of hours. And there were not a lot of clear info as to what was going on, except that there was an assault being investigated in Brown's home. Well, during the break, TMZ Sports put this out. Police are trying to now convince Antonio Brown to surrender peacefully while they pursue an arrest warrant for alleged uh, felony, battery, and burglary involving a driver for a moving company, per TMZ Sports.
1: Man, oh man. Hello, gentlemen. I mean, I What's guess my only thought on this is I hope he gets the professional help He's so sorely That's where I'm at needs. on this, too. Because I think the other side of it is if he doesn't, he is going to be dead soon enough.
3: Yeah, or, or he's going to seriously hurt or affect somebody else in his life, if not both of those things. The Antonio Brown thing was funny and intriguing for a while and in these last couple of weeks maybe a month it's just gotten sad and scary and it's clear that this dude needs some help that he is not seeking out.
1: Correct. And you know what? I mean, mental illness is a real thing. You know, I don't know if you guys saw the Delante West story, the former yeah, NBA player. Yeah, also super sad. Yeah, I mean, he is home. Well, it certainly has the appearance of a video that was, that was put on social media by a police officer in the Washington DC area yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, he's shirtless. He got beat up in the street or in some intersection and he's rambling. I mean, it's clear as day that Delonte West needs all sorts of help. And I mean, there was a video going back months. I think it was either in New Orleans or Houston. It doesn't matter where it was, but you know, that he was walking around aimlessly, you know, shoeless. You know, so I mean, we've known for quite some time that the former NBA player needed some serious help. You know, so that got me thinking. You know, when you just brought up Antonio Brown of of what I saw yesterday with Delonte West, but yeah, I mean, I just I hope both of them, West and Brown, get the help that they so badly need. Yeah, this is super sad. uh you actually were in for Rami today on
4: Score North Live, and we heard the clip coming in. Marty Fish, uh, is he still a professional tennis player, or is he? A tennis pro at this point.
1: Well, he's actually he's the captain of the Davis Cup United States okay. team, so he's still involved. Okay, but professionally speaking, as a player, yep, he is done. He actually competes more so as a golfer now. So he plays in all these it must different be nice. events. Like over the weekend, there it must be nice to be that talented. Oh, things. absolutely! I mean, thirty eight years old. That's us, right, dude? I mean, he's one of the best <laughs> U.S. born. You yeah, and I absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I think about. Yeah, little the play, athletes play, play challenge little, you shooting, you know, three pointers. Play a little tennis, it. sometimes yeah. play a <laughs> little golf, very
4: croquet, doogie and judd. Uh but his comments on Donaldson and the signing were very intriguing. Uh where do we stand right now too as far as this A, I guess officially being done, and B as far as uh, Donaldson being introduced to the media with Twins Fest starting on Friday and Saturday, correct?
1: Yes. So Donaldson arrived into town yesterday. I was told he was going to go through all sorts of extensive medical testing today, which makes sense. I mean, 34 years old with the injury history he has, that's not a real easy physical you know, it's multiple medical tests. What's the
4: concern, do you think, or the biggest I don't concerns? know if there's
1: one specific concern. It's just, I mean, you, you want need to, be to go through right. a very thorough process sure. when committing $92 million yeah. to somebody. So I think if all goes well, and I don't have any reason to believe that it won't, that at some point before the day is over now, it might be 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. I don't think it'll be as late as 10 o'clock. But at some point in the next few hours, the Twins should make the announcement that Josh Donaldson is a done deal. With news of a news conference tomorrow, the number one goal I was told was 11 a.m. It could be noon, it could be one o'clock, but at some point tomorrow, late morning, early afternoon, there should be a media introduction. Josh Donaldson being introduced to to all of us, and back to Fish, by the way. So he connected with Donaldson at one of these celebrity golf classics a few years ago. Just randomly went up to Josh, said, "Hey, you know, I'm Marty Fish. Don't know if you know who I am. You know, and Marty's one of the best U.S. born." Tennis players in history, you know, didn't win a major, but came close, made it to the quarterfinals at Wimbledon, you know, quarterfinals of, of, I believe, the U.S. Open, maybe the Australian Open, but multiple majors, and he's won some, you know, smaller events, you know, injuries got the best of him, is my understanding, so he retired, you know, from from competing professionally tennis-wise a a few years ago, but he's still involved, you know, I mean, captain of of the Davis Cup team, but he's this really good golfer, like... He is good enough. Like I think he made a run a few years ago at qualifying school. Came really close. Like he is that good. Over the weekend, John Smoltz beat him. Beat him by a couple strokes. I mean, many many players. He finished second in the Celebrity Golf Classic. But Donaldson was down there, so he hung out with Donaldson. You know, actually, this time last week is when about the news broke. It was about six thirty, seven o'clock last Tuesday. You know, Marty, and I'm sure the interview is podcastable. I'm sure it's available on on scorenorth.com. I mean, he was great for, for 20 minutes. Had nothing to do with my line of questioning. I mean, he's just he's just that good of a guy and, and that much of a of a great conversationalist. But yeah, I mean, he laid out his relationship with Josh and the role he played. And he said, so last Tuesday in the morning in Orlando, he plays this, this practice round with Josh. And Josh, you know, finally cracked at some point, you know, late morning, early afternoon. So Marty's like, I had this news, but I had to keep it to myself. He goes, I reached out to my dad, but my dad isn't on Twitter. You know, really doesn't know anybody, so he felt comfortable telling his dad the news. But yeah, Marty, Marty knew of of Josh's commitment to the twins at about you know noon last Tuesday, many hours before the story broke. Did he tell you how much convincing
3: it took, or how much Josh Donaldson, you know, was? He probably doesn't know a lot about the Minnesota area. Was hesitant in terms of committing to moving his his family and his whole life here to Minnesota
1: yeah I mean he said there was there was some back and forth about that now you know Marty actually moved away from here when he was one or two years old mm-hmm. you know still visits when he can but really I mean he's he's a Florida guy who now resides in Los Angeles you know considers himself a diehard Minnesota sports fan still has allegiances here but really I mean he hasn't spent you know a considerable amount of time here in the Twin Cities for many many years but yeah I mean he offered uh, up as as much advice as he could but I mean he just said it in the soundbite we played coming into this segment. I mean, you know, nobody else was really close to the Twins' offer. Of you know, he even said, you know, Atlanta might not have even really been in it. that's surprising. I, I think there's some some bad reporting on on the Braves involvement in all this. Well, I think that I think those misinformation campaigns
3: are very deliberately put out there sometimes. Oh, of course, they are during yes. negotiations by agents. Doogie, that one hundred percent. That's that's where the mystery team came from. That Scott Morris invented the mystery team
1: just to just to up the bidding when it comes to one of his clients, like a Josh Donaldson. And I mean, I think the Braves were involved, but I mean, I guess I just don't even know if they went to a fourth year. You know how much money were they truly offering? I mean, you know the sense is they were not even in the. In the same, you know, stratosphere and jo- Josh as, grew up, as the Twins.
4: Josh grew up a Braves fan and definitely had interest in going back there as well, right? So it made sense to at least pretend that the Braves were still in the hunt if they were, you know, interested, but on, on the outside a bit.
1: Correct. Yeah, I mean, Josh is from Alabama. He's an Auburn guy, yeah. you know, so actually might have been born in Pensacola. But he's got ties to that area. Yes, you're right. That That, you know, his allegiance going way back was... Was with the Braves. But yeah, I mean, Marty Marty was great. I mean, you know, I didn't know that Josh's girlfriend is from Toronto. You know, Josh has a girlfriend that, that resides in Toronto. So I mean, he's, you know, he played in Toronto. So I mean, he's used to a cold climate. And really, I mean, baseball wise, you know, maybe for a week or two in April, it could be bad. Mm, last but this year was isn't like, the NBA. Toronto
4: does have a roof, though, right? That's Rami? true. Toronto did put a roof
3: on
1: yeah, it. So. Thanks, Dougie,
4: for going down that path.
1: You <laughs> didn't have to deal with the elements. Might as well rip Dougie. off the band-aid right now uh but yeah it was it was a fun conversation but yeah i mean i just it was fascinating to me just how close those two are you know and marty told me behind the scenes like he put some stuff out on on twitter you know but he goes trust me i mean just text messaging he goes i mean i was blowing up josh's phone at one point just josh didn't text back to me and that's when he found out you know josh said he was up in in canada visiting uh his girlfriend's family or what have you so apparently josh said he wasn't getting cell service or, or something like that but but yeah, it was great. Just Marty, you know, Marty and Josh being being that close. I'd like to switch to Wolves Dukes. Um, they're playing terribly,
4: so not focusing the on the on the court product. Carl Anthony Towns, after he came back and played last week, I believe it was on Friday, the first game back after a 15 game absence or so. He had some interesting comments on the road to a specific group of people that that cover the team and travel mm-hmm. about sort of we're not going to turn this into another circus and Gong show. I I like the team. I don't ever think he specifically came out and said, I'm thrilled here. Uh, how do you read those comments, and what do you think is going on here as things on the court definitely disintegrate? Towns is now back. But just trying to read through those comments, I didn't know exactly what to make of them. He he wasn't creating a cluster bleep necessarily, but I found those comments, which were very thorough. I, I think it was three paragraphs worth of comments that the Chris Hines Star Tribune had to be intriguing.
1: Well, yes, intriguing. Also, one heck of a coincidence that Towns is back the same, you know, first game that Jeff Teague is no longer yes, here. that's another interesting point. Now, my understanding is Teague was never a pain in the you-know-what. You know, was a professional in many ways. But on the court, and even, I mean, off the court, I mean, those two just, they didn't hang out or vibe at all. You know, but I'm just saying, but I mean, it's, it's more style and, thing, right? Teague, just not a match at all. So okay. I just—it was very interesting that Towns is back, and he would have been back days prior if if this illness didn't hit him. You know, so there might have been one or two games there with Jeff. But yeah, make no mistake, no love lost on the court between Teague and Towns. On the comments, I guess I read it like this. I mean, there's not a thing this franchise does without Towns having his fingerprints on it. Doesn't mean they're doing everything he says or recommends. But he is aware of everything. They have empowered him. He did not have that at all under Tom Thibodeau. But Ryan, I mean, they communicate all the time. I mean, he heads over to Ryan's house in the West Metro, just drops by, hangs out. So you believe him when they go to church together.
3: When he shoots down the rumors that he's not happy here, which he he finally did, and and not that he was avoiding cameras or reporters, he wasn't playing. And so he he didn't have media uh, responsibilities during that time necessarily. Finally, on Friday, when he returned to the court, he basically came out and said that there's nothing to these rumors that he's not happy here in in Minnesota and tried to shoot all that down. You think he's
1: 100% telling the truth when he says that? I think for the most part he is. Now, I mean, you know me, Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? Mm -hmm. I do take him at face value when he has said in the past that, you know, the promises he made Flip Saunders, he wants to do his best to live up to. I do think more than anywhere else, he'd like to win here. That being said, am I convinced if it's like this in a year, year and a half, that this won't turn into an Anthony Davis situation I'm not ready to go there. I mean, I'm not convinced that, that just because Towns is under contract for five years that it doesn't get to the point of him asking out. But are we to that point right now? No, absolutely not. How quickly
4: can we, or how much time will he give this to decide, do you think, too? Because this is, this is a work in progress. This is a team that's playing a style that, at least in 2019-20, guys, does not fit their personnel at all. So this is going to be. This was never going to be a quick fix. the The fast start was a bit of a a fool's gold type of deal. It was.
1: I mean, just based so on how I mean, long did he they give they this beat. thing? And I fell for it.
4: Hook, line, and sinker. Well, it was hard not to. It was exciting, and they were playing well. and And some guys, when they play well, can have really good games. Wiggy, who's now back to sort of being Wiggy. But all of that being said, I'm just curious because if Towns is is dead set on. A year and a half from now, this is going to be changed.
1: I think it could be improved, Dukes. I don't know what's changed, though. Completely. Yeah, although, I mean, that's why they want his guy, D'Angelo Russell. Like, you could argue, is Russell a good fit here? And I don't see a path where you end up with Russell where Andrew Wiggins goes out. Now, maybe there would be a different Wiggins trade later on. But I think if, if there was a path to acquiring Russell, you'd have Russell, Wiggins, and Towns. That is a horrible threesome. That just that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? I don't know how you would win, but that's Carl Anthony Towns' guy, you know, and that's the path to satisfying him. To keeping be gone? him gone for a long time.
4: Could they jettison
1: Andrew to keep Cat happy by getting Russell? I don't know how you move Wiggins without attaching at least one, if not multiple, sweeteners. So after this year, it's what three years? About ninety-six million dollars left on that contract. Yep. He's had his moments this year. Yep. And all it takes is one GM, one team, one GM convincing, you know, the, the ownership group. Hey, you know, he just needs a change of scenery. You you know, this guy's an all star. I just don't know if that team is out there. I don't, unless you're adding a first round pick, multiple first round picks, or you're attaching, you know, an asset like Jarrett Culver or, or Josh Okogi. I mean, I won't sit here and tell you it's impossible to move Andrew Wiggins. I firmly believe you can move any contract. just depends on how many assets you want to attach to it. They could move Andrew Wiggins. But what else are you adding into that? You know, And I still don't even know if I see a logical path to D'Angelo Russell. I mean, Covington and what else? I was just going to ask. How- like if Golden State truly puts him on the market, they're not to that point. I, I, have, I have zero sense that Golden State this moment is at the point of shopping D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if D'Angelo Russell is traded before the February 6th deadline. In the summer, okay, sure. Or this time next year, sure. I mean, I don't think D'Angelo Russell satisfies all four years of his Warriors contract. I think at some point, he does get traded. I don't think it's right now. But yeah, I mean, if, if Golden State, you know, when, in my mind, they get to that point of, of listening to offers and, and actively shopping him, They will have multiple suitors. I just don't know how the Wolves could
3: make the best offer. Are the Wolves actively shopping Covington, whether it's for Russell or anybody
1: else? I don't know about active. I mean, we're getting into semantics. I can't tell you. The league knows 100% that Covington can be had. Okay. The price is very high. As well it should be. Right. I mean, there are concerns about his knee. He's had multiple surgeries on that knee. But he's held up really well this year. He can guard multiple positions. He's got multiple years left on a really good contract. He is a really good player. So, yeah, I mean, I was told, I mean, if you look at the top 12 in the NBA, the top six in the Eastern Conference, the top six in the Western Conference, just about all those teams have checked in at some point. I don't know if the Wolves are real close at this moment to making a trade, but I guess I would not be surprised as we get closer to February 6th if we hear his name more and more. Before we wrap up, anything on the uh, search for coordinators for the Vikings? I still think they go internal. Okay, Adam Zimmer. And, I mean, I guess the thing I'm curious about is, can Mike Zimmer convince Gary Kubiak to take on that title of offensive coordinator? Then he meets the media every Thursday. I mean, is he ready for for that sort of responsibility? If not, then I think quarterbacks coach Gary's son, Clint Kubiak, makes a lot of sense. I guess I will be surprised if they hire external. I think the hires, defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, come Internally, by the way, do we have a little breaking news on MLB Network? Uh, we do. We have the, my back is to it, and I was taking pictures of it just to make thing. sure
3: I had record. The final, I thought you were taking pictures of me. That too, dude. Yeah,
4: that's what it looked like, and I got really uncomfortable.
3: Yeah, we'll
1: see yes.
4: <laughs> And you should have been too.
3: Final <laughs> voting results for the 2020 BBWAA Hall of Fame balloting. Uh, Derek Jeter gets in with 99.7%. Somebody didn't vote for him. Of the Hall of Fame vote. Somebody withheld a vote. And, uh, you know what? I don't hate that. I think Derek Jeter was just a touch overrated. And Larry Walker gets in with 76.6% of the vote. And his final appearance on the ballot. I don't, I don't think. Larry Walker is a Hall of Famer, but...
1: He's a Hall of Famer.
3: As long as Kurt Schilling, for a long time, but he Roger was, yeah. Clemens, Barry Bonds, and the rest of the cheaters aren't on this, and Curt Schilling isn't a cheater. I don't want him in for completely different reasons. But as long as those guys didn't get in, I'm not going to raise a How big stake. How close did
1: they get? Um, yeah, do you have the percentage? Yeah, you know I mean? So it's 75% of the vote needed. Yes, what's the bottom? The voting system is flawed. When a guy like Vince Scully doesn't have a vote, the voting oh, is a it's, joke. It's baseball, baseball so writers only. School. It's, yeah, and people don't even get me started on on how ridiculous the voting process is for the Baseball Hall of Fame.
3: People thought the PED guys might have the support that they needed to get in this year because it's it's sort of been growing year by year as far as Clemens and and Bonds go. What did Bonds get? Clemens got 61%. Bonds got 60.7%. They're still not even close to the threshold. They're not even close to the threshold. What did Bonds get get last year? I
1: was going to say, what's the increase from 2019
3: yeah, I'm not sure. I don't because right, If they keep I'll creeping it,
1: up, yeah. I think eventually both could get over the 75% threshold.
3: Meanwhile, Omar Vizquel, who I know has a, a a a large uh group behind him saying he should be a Hall of Famer, I would disagree. He got
4: 52.6%. Yeah,
1: your guy Jason Stark is is on that bandwagon. That Bill, Omar Vizquel should be in. Yes. Bill
4: Mazurowski's in, boys. Man. Bill Mazurowski's in, and Bill Bill's in for two things. One is his glove was fantastic, and two what was the home run in what, Game 7 against the Yankees in 61, is that correct? And that's why Bill's Don't in. look at me. But Bill's largely in because yeah, but... of his gloves, so that's why people... No, I'm, I'm just saying, the the Vizquel push is real because of that. And my argument against a case like that
3: always is, and people will make the same argument with, with Barry Bonds and say, worse guys than Barry Bonds are in the Hall of Fame, why are we keeping him out now? And I will say, just because just they've gotten it wrong in the past... Doesn't mean I want him to get it wrong now. Like, if if if, who did you say it was? Bill Mazeroski. If he didn't deserve to be in, don't let Omar Vizquel in because some other guy who didn't deserve to be in got in. Like, that's not, we shouldn't be measuring on the past. We should just be measuring on whether or not their merits warrant them getting into the Hall of Fame. Let's not repeat the mistakes of our past. Let's not look back and go, well, this guy was a cheater and he got in, or this guy was a racist or a woman-beater and he got in. This guy was a subpar player but he got in. No, let's just vote on what we know now and the merits of these guys and whether or not they deserve to be in.
4: 1960 World Series has his home run in Game 7 uh, off of Ralph Terry of the Yankees in the bottom of the ninth it's a legendary call. I, just, yes. I couldn't
1: pinpoint Yes, the exact that's the year. Uh,
4: yeah, no, it's a good topic. And it is uh, – I've gotten to the point now where – I I like the shrine and honoring the game, and I've gotten really tired of inducting people because there's so See, many I'm discussions. The
1: opposite. I want to honor it the game. It shouldn't be the sacred ground. Like a guy like to me, Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. Mm. Oh, so you really no. open it up. Yeah, I See, would, I'm just tired if, of the, whole, just to if be if the broadcasters hall of Dudes. If podcasters had a ballot, I would almost every year check the maximum 10 names. I really? And PS. some people do that. You just weren't
4: a hall of guys, just a hall yeah, of baseball players, dude. How you? many guys do you want to put in?
1: I mean, it depends. I mean, like Bonds case, is a Hall of Famer,
4: but the conversation is also. I would vote for Bonds. Yeah, this is a participation
1: ribbon. This is the Hall of Fame, dude. Billy Wagner would have my vote. I need to do a deeper dive on Scott Rowland, but you could maybe sell me on Scott Rowland. You could maybe sell me on Todd Helton. I'm telling you, I mean, minimum Wagner, Bonds, Clemens. I would have voted for Walker. See. Jeter had my vote. You can talk all you want around me about him being overrated. He's a Hall of Famer? No, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. He is a Hall of
4: Famer. I just it, he's is slightly he, overrated. Is he a first ballot 100% Hall of Famer? That's my question. 100%? Um, I mean, he came close.
1: He I clearly, mean, why does it matter? What, I was you just, you're you're either thing. a Hall of
3: Famer or you're not a Hall of Famer? He's a Hall
4: of Famer. The debate of whether or no, not. No, but Willie Mays was not.
3: He wasn't unanimous. Uh, what year? No, no, uh Like 1978, Mariano, was, yeah. Mariano was Rivera for, was the, the first ever. Right? Yeah. I agree with this is a great discussion when we're when we're splitting hairs about whether or not a guy should be unanimous or if he should be first ballot. It's all kind of who it's all pointless and who cares? Ultimately, are you a Hall of Famer? Do you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? If you are, give the guy a yes vote. And if not, then no. And I'm okay with the disagreement and where we set that bar like Doogie and I seem to have. I just I can't I I can't get down with the Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. But you of don't. The world getting.
4: But you you would keep more guys out just on be, merit alone. On merit. Yeah, Larry Walker Forget is cheating. not a Hall of Famer. Omar yeah, so Vizquel is not I a did. Hall see, of Famer. See, I think Larry right. Walker is, but I see what Rami's saying. But I think that Larry Walker is. I used to think he wasn't, and then I went back and started to look. He gets ding for playing in Colorado, but he was a great player, and he was also a great player in Montreal. Real quick, and I know we got to get to a break and Josh Arnold is on hold for you, Judd. How much do we think this
3: Astros cheating scandal and whoever else ends up getting caught up in it? Because mm. we know the Red Sox, the hammer's about to be dropped on them. At least we think so eventually. How much do you think that affects the Hall of Fame chances of some of the guys involved in that? I mean, Carlos Beltran mm. arguably had a Hall of Fame career. Bregman was on his way there. Altuve was on his way there. Mm-hmm. They got guys who were on their way to Hall of Fame careers. Do you think this comes up? Twenty years from now, or whenever it is that we're having this
4: discussion about those players, short answer is yes.
3: Do
1: to you? what extent, to what degree, I don't
4: know. Do you think it holds? But the it s-
1: absolutely comes.
4: Do you, up. Do you think, Duke, that it holds the same weight as the PED steroid discussion does? Because I don't think it does. I think it comes probably up, not. I, I mean, one could coming. argue
1: it should, and maybe even more so. Yeah. Well, here's
4: the thing: if I'll, if but ho- my feeling is to answer your question, no. If Jose Altuve starting in 2020 hits a buck twenty-five, he's not in. If he hits 375 in 2020, 325 in 2021, and 350 in 2022, he's fine because the people who vote are all going to say, "Look at what he did after." Correct. That's a good point. So you I think what? that's the only thing is if he falls off the cliff now, or if you do, if you're Bragman, you're done.
1: Today brings us one year closer to the debate of Joe Mauer, first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think re- Hall of Famer at all. Yes, I, think, I think he is. He is, but he's not a first ballot guy. Probably. Definitely not a first ballot, but yeah, I mean that's He's a Hall of Fame catcher. So we're one year closer to that debate. I don't think there's any debate that he's a Hall of Fame catcher. That's
3: Darren Doogie Wolfson. So Check out that. the scoop at ScoreNorth.com and the ScoreNorth. Happy app. birthday too, Dukes. Oh, happy birthday! I didn't Thank know you, was your it. birthday. A yes. man,
4: a man nicknamed Doogie is forty. I feel extremely
1: old. Will
3: you I'm be, a man. Will you be? Right? Gundy
4: <laughs> will you be in again for me on ScoreNorth Live
3: Thursday when I'm doing Purple Daily? No,
1: you know what? Actually, this is fun. On Thursday, I am bonding at that same time with Willie Burton. Oh, whose jersey is going up into the rafters of Williams Arena? Long overdue, although they have that policy where you need to go back to school and get your degree. And he didn't have his degree. Well, they got his degree like five, six years ago. So I don't know what took so long. But anyway, do you remember I'm the catching mask? up with Willie Burton? So no, somebody else is in. For do you me remember the Thursday. mask? I do. Burton yes. broke his nose yes. and
4: wore the, the mask, it was great. Mm-hmm. Doogie always appreciate it. Right, thanks, guys. It. Cram session coming up next.
0: Jonathan here with the Score North download. This download brought to you by Team Mackey for Big for the Big Climb Minneapolis. If you're just getting in your car and missed us talking about it, at the, talking about it at the end of last segment, the Hall of Fame, MLB Hall of Fame votes just came in. Derek Jeter and Larry Walker are the newest inductees into the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter, one vote shy of unanimously going in. Larry Walker going in on his final ballot 76.6% for him. Kirk Schilling finished third with 70% of the votes and Roger Clemens finished 61% and Barry Bonds 60.7% Join Team Mackey on February 15th for this year's Big Climb Minneapolis to raise money to fight blood cancer benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Donate to our team or join Team Mackey for just $20 when you use the promo code Mackey. Go to scorenorth.com slash Climb now. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackey and Judith Rami.
3: Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Ronnie. More of our thoughts on the Hall of Fame. And Judd has dug up the uh, voting history for Bonds and Clemens as we were discussing before the break. We'll get to that right after Jonathan Harrison, Judge Jonathan Harrison, asks random questions and arbitrarily hands out points based on how much he likes the answers to those questions. It doesn't matter who's wrong or who's right. It just matters what kind of mood Jonathan is in that day. So let's get it going. Jonathan Harrison, what is the first question in today's cram session, Your Honor?
0: All right, so the L.A. City Council passed a resolution this morning, I believe, urging Major League Baseball to strip both the Astros and Red Sox of their most recent World Series titles in light of the sign stealing scandal. Sure. So I'm giving you the power. You can strip any team in any sport of one of their titles. I want to know who it is and why.
4: Judley, you want to go first on this one? Sure. I am going to, and this is going to be arbitrary, but I will explain. I am going to strip the... 2014 season New England Patriots of their Super Bowl, which was a win against the Seahawks, which, of course, is the game where Darryl Bevel called for a uh, pass instead of a handoff from Russell Wilson to Marshawn Lynch, in which case the Seahawks probably win that game. Uh, And here's what. We have enough evidence that the Patriots, unlikable louts that they are, cheated in various ways, shapes, or forms throughout their championship years of the aughts into the 2010s. So I'm picking a Super Bowl, an arbitrary one, and I'm going to take the, the title away because it's a lifetime achievement award of they deserve it. They <laughs> cheated so much. They stole they they stole um signs, they taped those, they deflated footballs. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, God bless them because they got away with it for a while, but they're both cheaters. So I'm going to pick one year i'm not going to take them all but i'm going to take one patriot super bowl title away because man i feel like they deserve it and i would love to see those two especially brady in his pathetic way try and explain how this was unfair to him and his team your honor may i approach the bench sure clarification
0: yeah
3: can I re- you can say no? You know. Can I remove a name from a record book rather than strip a team of a title? Because I personally I don't, don't believe. Really yourself, can you? I personally you don't. Going bo- after
0: Barry Bonds here.
3: Yes, I don't believe yeah. that stripping titles really does anything. I mean, does anybody around here? He's telling you your, your question stupid. FYI, no, no, no,
0: kind
5: of what I'm hearing. No, yeah, not that the question
3: no, is stupid. No, not me that too. the question is stupid. Why don't you just
4: suggest, man? Let you me be, be clear ha-
3: here. Have a title strip. Let me be clear here. Oh. I don't think it's the uh, question that's stupid because it is
0: done They're already bad enough. We
3: I think the practice really. of stripping titles is kind of stupid because it doesn't do anything to that fan base who's already celebrated and gotten all their gear and what and had the and had the the glory of of watching their team win that title and it doesn't do anything to those players either. They still wear those rings. They still take pride in winning those titles. I would remove Barry Bonds from the record books. I know that's not a direct answer to your question. I'm that's probably not, not going to get the point, but I, not. I would remove Barry Bonds from the record books. If there was one Wait, thing,
4: you just approached the bench and then went rogue.
3: I know. I know. I know what I do. So why didn't you just tell him right off what you were going to do? I should have done that. But that, that's what Probably I would do. Have. If there was one thing that I was going to strip somebody of in the sports world, it would be Barry Bonds and the home run record. That's just me, though.
0: Well, I'm going to say you're not going to win that one.
3: And by the way, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, too. Roger Barris would still be the home run king if I, if I I was if I was handling the books for Major League Baseball. No. Okay.
0: I wanted a team.
3: All right. That was the okay. whole point of that question. Okay.
0: So, Judd's going to win this one by default. All right. So, thank you, Rami.
3: That's fine. No, thank you, Rami. I'll get the next two. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you, Rami. I'll get the next two. Will you? I will. You going to answer them? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I will
0: answer them directly. All right. We had a debate, a and worse, it's kind but... of gone over to this show as well on Purple Daily, of which or of how important the Pro Bowl is, the NFL Pro Bowl. So you have to choose to watch one or the other. The Pro Bowl or the XFL? And why?
3: For me, it's the Pro Bowl. And to be clear, neither of these products is worth me watching. You want to use your entertainment time, and if you so choose entertainment dollar to support these two things, by all means, it's simply entertainment, and whatever floats your boat, go ahead and enjoy. But what is, I present the court with a question, what is the engine that drives entertaining football what is the engine that drives entertaining football Judd Zalgad. well hold on a second here i'm not talking until i'm told to talk jonathan harrison what is the engine it's a judge what is the engine that drives entertaining football sir Good play. Good quarterback play is what makes are you lecturing the judge? Is what makes football entertaining. I am not judge? by any means lecturing the judge. Good quarterback play is what makes football entertaining and fun to watch. Watch an NFL game with two bad quarterbacks, and guess what? It ain't very much fun. It's not good football. It really isn't. The NFL doesn't even have enough quarterbacks to present you with a full slate of entertaining football games week to week. There are clunkers every week in the NFL because there is bad quarterback play on both side or from both sidelines in both teams at least in the pro bowl at the very least no they're not really playing football yes it's meant to score a bunch of points but at the very least you have competent NFL quarterbacks. In the XFL, you are not going to have that. You're going to have putrid quarterback play from all... How many teams are there in the XFL? 12? From all the teams, it's going to be terrible quarterback play, which will inevitably lead to a bad, not entertaining
4: product. Do you think it's bad that the judge started to ignore you?
0: I was looking for Pro Bowl stats from last year, and I couldn't find them. Okay. Quickly. Can I answer
4: now? Sure. Okay. Um... <clears throat> I'm going to watch the XFL because I'm all in for the gimmicks, the technology. Vince McMahon, this is the XFL. He has to start it that way again, doesn't he? I hope he does. He's really old now, so <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? But I'd just be sad at that. Point. But you know the Pro Bowl. I've said before, I, I'm only upset right now because Rhodes got elected. But <laughs> as far as games go, as far as, as and, and I'm not saying that I'm going to be a lifelong XFL fan, but am I going to dip in in weeks one and two? Absolutely. I'd be lying to say I wouldn't. So the answer for, for me, Your Honor, is very, very simple. It's the XFL. All
0: right. So you going to peek behind the curtain here. I want a little competition for the last question because I know if I give who this who point. got the
3: point for the last one? He's Reagan this thing.
0: I know if I give the point to Judd here, Rami won't answer the last question because no, it's difficult to do. I will. So I'm going to give the point to Rami here Thank so you. it's even. So this last question and because I'm is right. for all the marbles here in this game. right? Yeah. yeah, So Rami, you get the point there. Thank you. Not that you made Appreciate a better it. argument, but because I want competition for this last question because I know it's a bit difficult. He lectured you, but that's fine. Yeah, it's a bit difficult, this last question. Okay. I want you to do what is the seemingly impossible Make the case for Xavier Rhodes to be in this year's Pro Bowl based off his season this year.
4: Only off a season this year? Yes. I got this. I'm gonna wait for him <laughs> to answer, but I got this. Shut. I mean this is this is taking the- I have data. What data? Stats. What, what stats, stats can you have? Do you have an answer to the question? What? Go ahead. Do you Go have for... an answer to the question? Go ahead and give him your stats. I want to hear what these stats are. How many NFC
3: cornerbacks had more tackles than Xavier Rhodes? <laughs>
4: Somebody answer that question. Nobody, because he got beat so
3: much. Two. He's third. He's third amongst NFC cornerbacks and tackles. That's the best I got for you, and it's more than Judd brought to the table, so I think you got I to give me an this yet.
4: one. I haven't answered yet. You don't I didn't
3: want to hear what you had.
4: You don't have an answer. That's why you haven't answered yet. My answer is because Xavier Rhodes, and we saw this on a weekly basis, went out there every week basically <laughs> injured. Every game he got hurt, he came back in. The Saints game. The playoff game. Look at what he did. He clearly was injured. he got a stinger, and what did he do? He stayed in and played it, and he I hate to didn't say it, do that. One of his better games of the season, Xavier Rhodes put it all on the line for his love of team and football, and that earned you a trip to beautiful Orlando, Florida, and Disney World. That's why.
0: Wow, I did not think this would happen. that I would give a point to Romney to create competition and I'd end up giving him the win. There we go. On All tackles? Right. Give me yeah. that W. He, he brought a stat. That's generally what you normally <laughs> would need to get into the Pro Bowl. The stat means he got beat. Yeah.
4: <laughs> no, he's
3: just I
0: told f- you to do the seemingly impossible. He's a physical
4: cornerback, you. I gave you he's a physical the dedication cornerback. of a man to his craft. Nah. Cra- and I didn't say crap. I said Craft. <laughs> He's just a
3: and he physical cornerback, which
0: he normally doesn't do.
4: He's just a
3: physical cornerback who exactly. comes up and helps with the run before well, the break. Rami gets the win. We we're asked, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it, Your Honor.
0: Just don't lecture me next time.
3: Do we know what the uh, standings are now? I know we have a listener uh, who keeps track see. of the standings for us. I'm pulling up here. All right, do that, uh, Judd. Before the break, we were talking about the uh, the balloting, the MLB Hall of Fame balloting. Yes. yes. We're wondering whether or not the votes went up or down for Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. You did the research during the break. Clemens got 61% of the vote this year. Bonds got 60.7%. You need at least 75% of the vote to get in. So, so
4: they're mo- they're both moving, trending upward, but not much. Uh, they, they've both been eligible for the Hall of Fame since 2014. Clemens, in his first year, 35.4% of the ballot. 2015 37.5% of the ballot then it jumped it jumped significantly in 2016 to 45.2% for Clemens 54.1% in 2017 but then it slowed down in 2018 to 57.3% for Roger 59.5 last year percent so he went up but he's not trending way up bond same thing 34.7 36.8 44.3 53.8 so now we're going up and then it stops and goes from fifty three to fifty six point four, and last year he was at fifty nine point one percent. So they've both been going upwards, but they're not going upwards at a at a super quick rate. And so if they were both eligible starting Ramy in two thousand fourteen, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. This was year seven, and you only, and you now get ten years, get ten cracks at it, ten right? cracks. So we're now we're now eight nine. They're going to have three more. Oh, this is good. I'm not saying they're not going to make it, but they're not. They're not shooting up right now. I really hope they don't make it. I really, really hope they don't make it. I'm torn on this one because they're both they would have both been Hall of Fame players without the cheating, Um, but I'm so conflicted on on Halls now and how votes are done. We
3: say that they would have been Hall of Fame Fame players without cheating. Barry Bonds is
4: without a doubt. But like his have, Pittsburgh years, when his head was small, he was. No, I know, phenomenal. I know,
3: I love Barry Bonds a lot. Like Pete Rose, like it, it, that was a you,
4: base, you loved him, loved. So Barry they broke Bonds. your heart. You're mad. Yes, this is that. That's the problem. So you need therapy because then. some people you will need baseball therapy. Some people will
3: will will you know be in be in love from a sports standpoint with the player, and that blinds them. So when something like the Barry Bonds steroid scandal comes up, they defend him to. To the death, you know what I mean. Sure. I'm the exact opposite. If I'm if if you're my guy, and you do something to let me down, I am that much harder on you in ter- in terms of so the you penalty, feel used. the punishment.
1: I, f- I feel li- I feel lied to.
3: Yeah, yeah, I feel like I was lied to that they were these were guys who I rooted for, and they turned out to be fraudulent. I mean, Barry, We say they would have been hall of famers without steroids. Do we know when Barry Bonds started cheating? Do we have a clear
4: timeline? I'm gonna guess on a- when Barry Bonds started cheating. I'm going to guess from the expansion of his body at some point after he got to San Francisco. And the guy who played in Pittsburgh would be in Cooperstown. And we don't know when Roger Clemens started cheating. But here's
3: cheating, the other problem, he though. always had a giant head. So we can't even go by the size we, of his head. We
4: also don't know how many guys who are getting into the hall cheated as well. See, that? that's my problem with the whole thing about about players being inducted is that we don't know who cheated and who didn't, and we'll never know. And that's why I'm all about honoring the game itself. But and we go on what we know. Right, but I'm just not for awarding people. I'm for saying this is your museum, this is the game, here are your great players, but we're not going to make any of you special. We're going to have um shrines to the game itself. I think they're I'm not worried about people. I think the Hall of Fame
3: does two things. One, it chronicles the history. That's the most important of the to game. Me. That, But that's what I care about. The, but to me the bust the actual induction and the bust yep. of the player—that's yep. honoring and celebrating that player. Yeah, and I'm—I don't want to honor or celebrate Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds. But I become Rose.
4: disinterested in celebrating the players, and I—I I like to celebrate the game. But I would take—I would take the late '90s and have a shrine to this is what they did. Oh, there is—they cheated, right? But that's—that's that's all I care about now. So the summer of '98 for a lot of people is great. Honor it and say, these guys flat out cheated. But it was fun. See, I would mark the history. I would tell the history,
3: but I don't feel the need to honor it. And there is, there is, yeah. there is a plaque in the Hall of Fame that sort of spells out. But like, if you stop with this the whole steroid thing. era, yeah, and that I'm fine with. That I'm fine with and because I that, like that. That does one of the two things that I said the Hall of Fame should do: is tell the history. Right. But honoring and celebrating guys by inducting them, giving them the podium so they can get up there and, and give a speech too long too yeah. and and. and Always too long and, and applaud them and celebrate them i don't i don't I don't understand why we would do that for these guys they they are they are a black eye on the game Barry Bonds is a black eye on the game of baseball Roger Clemens Sammy Sosa any convicted steroid user who did historic things
4: who changed the record books is a black eye on the I, game and I don't see any reason to celebrate them my problem is I don't think we know enough about who exactly cheated and who didn't so it gets murky so I'm all for. Let's do what you were saying, which is have plaques about seasons and honor years that were fun and spell the the thing out. And if we never honor an individual again, I don't care. So So you're
3: okay if we never induct anybody ever again.
4: I would make it a museum of the history of the sport and I I don't care in any sport about the whole thing cuz it's all done How by How do you not care about the Hall of Fame but you somehow care about the Pro Bowl? We've come full circle on this day of broadcasting. No, I care about the Hall of judgment. Fame. I I don't care about the people be, I don't care about the people going up on the podiums and talking. I care about the game. I love the game. I love honoring and telling the story of the sport. But when you have the Hall of Fame is decided by people like us, my man, Sports fine. writers. I, no, but I don't care what I they... should th- have a vote. I don't care what they think. I care about what's the history of your game. What's the history? Football, same way. I mean, that's a bunch of guys that vote, that sit before the day before the Super Bowl in a room and decide. Let's honor the game itself. I don't care if you get a bust. What do I care? Like, I care about, were, were you good? Is your story going to be told? That era? Awesome. But do I need to see your bust and your greatness? As an individual who then gets a special platform, not really. I don't care about that. I don't know that I should care, but I do, and I can't help that I do. I just think so many guys did things we don't know about, and then you get into the whole well, how's OJ in the Hall of, and I'm tired of these conversations. OJ Simpson's career should be marked in the Hall, but I'm tired of the whole thing of they should take his place. I don't care. Then take
3: his bust out. Yeah, the argument of they got it wrong in the past, let's get it wrong again, and just doesn't hold. So let's with not me.
4: give you the chance to get it wrong. Or let's just take out the guys. No more speeches.
3: Or we could just take out the guys who shouldn't be there, and then that argument literally never holds water ever again. It's an interesting discussion. We, we, uh, we're we going to wrap this thing up, and we'll be back tomorrow. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Find us at scorenorth.com, scorenorth app, wherever you get your
0: podcast. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar.